All right. So let's go ahead and read uh, verses 26 through 40, and then I'll, I'll go and expound on it. Uh, verse 26 says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to uh, Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the, the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And all who will declare his, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at the scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down, down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, and that, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at, at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities until he came to Caesarea. It's an amazing book. Uh, You know, I was I was thinking of what to title this, and and I really didn't have a title for this. But on the way here, I was listening to a song from Jeremy Camp. It's uh, the same power that lives in us, or the, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. <laughs> you know, Philip here, he's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You see the apostles. You see these. Uh, deacons and and all these guys are going you know this persecution we saw last week this persecution that was brought upon the church stephen the the uh, first martyr of the church you know it, it lit the the church on fire and that's our desire we want to be lit on fire we want that we want to be like this church in in the book of acts you know and we are we're just men and women like they were you know, God light our hearts on fire for you. We see that last week's study that Saul made havoc of the church, dragging men and women, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. You know, so they were scattered uh, and they went everywhere preaching the word of God. Then Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ to them and many believed and were baptized. 
Then when they testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel. We see through this persecution that started with Stephen that God would use it to get his message out. You know, and that's, that's what the church needs. We need some persecution. You know, we... we <laughs> That's hard to say, too. You know, we, we, you know who wants persecution? But that's what's going to light us on fire. This scattering was, in a way, forcing them to do what they should have already been doing, going out and preaching the gospel message. We, too, you know, we, we see in our country, we see in the world now, look at what's going on with all the Christians in this world. Persecution is coming to America, guys. We see it. We ha- I mean, it's. I mean, it can overnight. It could. Be, it could get really ugly here. But you know what? That's going to light us on fire. We're going to see who the true church is. Like Xavier often says, we have a Disneyland kind of Christianity here in America. You know, but that's that's quickly changing. persecution is what we need to light us on fire for the gospel. And, and my prayer is that perse- when, when this uh, persecution does come, we too, like S- uh, Stephen and Philip and, and, and these apostles, that, that we too will be lit on fire for the Lord. But we don't have to wait for persecution. You know, we just want to be about his business. Well, we still have that time, that window of opportunity. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and is the re- rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The verse is saying that we please God by our faith. By our trusting Him. When we believe and we act upon it. When we read His Word and we act upon it. We're showing that we trust God. And that's what pleases God. When we step out in faith and we do those things that we know that we are not able to do. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit. What is the greatest reward we can get? You know, that's God himself. You know, God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That reward is God himself. His presence in our life, his Holy Spirit to work in us, in us and through us. When, when we too, like these, seek God diligently, he too will use us to reach many. We also saw through the study that the Lord did mighty miracles through Philip. Unclean spirits came out of those who were possessed, and the lame and the paralyzed were healed, and the multitudes believed and were baptized. And I believe this was the fruit of what Jesus was, was doing in Samaria, you know, when he had his ministry there before he was crucified. You know, he planted many seeds, and now we're seeing it. These seeds springing forth to everlasting life. Many people are being saved. God's using these guys. So let's get into our text. I, I broke tonight's study down into three parts. One, the divine appointment. 
verses 26 through 29. To the obedient evangelist, verses 30 through 35. And three, the converted sinner, verses 36 through 40. So let's look at the first one, the divine appointment. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, go towards the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, the man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake the chariot. You know, we see here the angel of the Lord tells Philip, arise, go towards the south to the desert. You know, and I can just see Philip here, you know, if he's thinking, you know, he's having great success in Jerusalem. Many are getting saved, you know, and all of a sudden the angel redirects him to go down to the desert, <laughs> go away from where all the action is happening, you know. God redirects him to go to Gaza. It says, this is desert. You know, it's a, it's a barren place. It's desolate. Verse 27. In verse 27 says, so he rose and went. You know, may that be us. When, when God redirects us, you know, may we be so obedient to God's direction. May we be sensitive to the prompting of his Holy Spirit. He didn't ask questions. He did what the Lord wanted him to do, being led by the Holy Spirit. No questions asked. He just went, got up and went. You know, we would probably be saying, what? <laughs> Look what's going on here, Lord. Why, why would you want to bring me down there now? But he did. He went. He got up and went. And we too might be doing what we perceive as something real significant, and, and God wants to redirect us. You know, maybe some of us have been redirected in our lives. We've been doing something somewhere, and then God redirected us, brought us completely somewhere else. You know? We want to be have that uh, sensitivity to what God wants to do in our lives. So the Lord leads leads uh, Philip to this Ethiopian eunuch, one who had great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. And, and this guy, he's, he's in charge of all her wealth. You know, maybe you don't know what a, a eunuch is. Uh, a eunuch in the Bible were usually castrated males or those incapable of reproduction due to a birth defect, or they could also be someone who performed work typical of eunuchs. In some cases, it was simply a title. The purpose of intentional castration was to induce imp impotence and remove sexuality. It was a common practice in ancient times for real rulers to castrate some of their servants or advisors in order to subdue them and pacify them. It was especially common to castrate men who tended a royal harem. You know, this is so they could keep you know, their mind on one thing, and that was to, to serve. Uh, Candace 
it was this was uh, more of a title than a name. It wasn't wasn't the queen's name. It was more of the title, just like we see of, uh, of Pharaoh and uh, and Caesar and that kind of thing. They they weren't actual names. It was their title. They were they were the ruler. <clears throat> It's amazing how in this passage we see the, the Holy Spirit here is leading Philip to this Ethiopian eunuch. And at the same time, he's, he's drawing this eunuch to himself. God is drawing the eunuch to himself. You know, uh, in John six forty four, Jesus speaking says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sends me who sent me draws him to draws him I'm sorry no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day see no no one can come to God unless God is first drawing you to him God is the one who initiates you know God is the one who starts doing that work in your life drawing you to him and that's what that's what God's doing with this Ethiopian eunuch and then he's bringing this evangelist to go and and speak to him <clears throat> you know this philip the evangelist he he's he's the deacon he's the one in uh you know one of the seven deacons but he's not to be confused with philip the apostle <clears throat> two different guys <clears throat> over the years while uh, while i've been evangelizing i i've had the pleasure to experience god setting up divine appointments similar to this one you know, uh, and one that stands out in my mem- uh, memory is when I went to uh, went on a mission trip to evangelize, invite and to invite people to come to a church. You know that, that, that we were that we were helping to start up, that we were getting the groundwork going, and uh, I was having such a great time seeing the work that God was doing in and through all these people that I was with. You know, seeing the work of God uh, moving, the Spirit of God using youth to to go out and reach the people for the gospel. You know, and and we we had a free day to go to to London, and uh, I had been worshiping the Lord that morning and just pouring out my heart because I really was having such a good time reaching out to people. I, I really wasn't interested in going to London to see. I mean, any other time I would have wanted, wanted probably to see everything in London, but I, I was seeing God working and it was, it was like, wow, this is incredible to see the work of God, you know? So, so I was praying, Lord, use me, you know, even as we go out, use me somehow. And, uh, the group I was with, we were going down into the subway to get, get on the subway to go to London from, from uh, Wales. And uh, we were going through the subway really quickly. And, and this guy was over to the right. He was there. And, and it was like everybody's just passing him up. And, and all of a sudden, the, the Lord, you know, it's not like we have these things all the time. It's just... It's just the Lord told me I got to go talk to this guy. And as everybody's taken off down the down the the subway, going through tunnels and stuff, and somehow some reason the the 
I had a peace to go talk to this guy. I wasn't worried about, you know, I'm going to lose my group. I don't know how to get back. I, it was just the Lord was telling me, go talk to this guy. And, and so I, I went over and I, I, it, was like, it was almost like he was saying, I need, I need God. You know, I don't remember the exact words that were being said, but, but I knew God wanted me to talk to this guy. So I, I ended up talking to him and, and, you know, telling him that Jesus loves him. And I went through the gospel with him, you know, I shared. And he, he ended up receiving the Lord there, you know. And when I was done with him, you know, I, I felt like I was attached to this guy and I, I needed to go feed him and, and take care of him. And, and, you know, but God, God's spirit was telling me, no, I, I got this guy. You're, you're okay, just leave. And so I, I ended up praying with the guy. I, I, I kind of told him what he needs to do now as a new believer. And, and then I, I kind of just I was on my way. And I started walking. And, and at that time, it just so happens that these two guys come back from my group. They, they realized that I was gone. They came back. They brought me right back to the group. You know, I don't know how much time had passed in this whole thing. But, but I know... Looking back, the, if, you know, I saw all the many things that God was doing. Many people got saved during this trip. And, and looking back, if it had only been for that one guy, me going all the way across the ocean just to reach that one guy, it was all worth it. You know, this guy, one soul, you know, that God wanted me to talk to. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> you know, you know, and, and there's, there's other situations where we, we see, you know, that God leads us to people, but but some reason I knew that this was a divine appointment, something that God had. God has incredible things He wants to show us, and He wants us to take part in. We need to daily be open, you know, pray for open doors. For us to share the gospel, to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, to guide us and direct us. Also, that we would take time out of our busy day to see those opportunities that God has for each and every one of us and how He wants to use us. And God will do it. You pray that daily. God is going to show you, He's going to bring those people to you, He's going to give you the words to speak. Whatever you've learned, he's going he's gonna to bring it out of you. <clears throat> so we see Philip here sees this Ethiopian eunuch. The word here for behold means to gaze upon and observe, to perceive through sight or apprehension. In other words, he's checking this guy out to see what the Lord has here because he believes that God led him here to this divine appointment. This eunuch was a proselyte of Judaism who possibly had his faith passed down from the Queen of Sheba who professed faith in, God of, in the God of Israel after coming and seeing the wisdom of Solomon and seeing his kingdom and all his glory. You know, he, she, she was there and, and she brought it back to Africa, to Ethiopia.
since he was a eunuch, he would, he would have been castrated, obviously. And he would, have, he would have been allowed on the court of the Gentiles, but he wouldn't, wouldn't have been allowed to go into the temple to worship. Deuteronomy 23.1 says, He who is emasculated by crushing or mutilation shall not enter the assembly of the Lord. See, you know, this eunuch traveled hundreds of miles just to get here, to go worship the Lord. That was his desire. You know, God was drawing him to him. He had a desire to go worship God. He traveled all this way, and in his heart, he wanted something real. You know, it's, it's interesting to take note of, of this verse in Isaiah 56, 3 through 5. It says, do not, the let, do not let the son of the foreigner who has, who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, the eunuch who keeps my Sabbaths and chose what pleases me and holds fast my covenant, even to them I will give my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a, a, an awesome uh, promise from God to these eunuchs. These people that devote themselves to serving God. This eunuch was a man of great authority, high in rank under this queen. And, and obviously he has great wealth. He's, he's in charge of her treasury, and he's able to buy the scroll that had to be very expensive in those days. You know, he's able to buy all these things. He was hungry for the word of God, and he was here reading Isaiah the prophet. Verse 29 says, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake the chariot. Philip believed that the Spirit told him to do what the Spirit told him to do, and he had a lot of boldness just to go and overtake this chariot with this person of great authority to speak to him. You know, in the Greek, this verse is actually saying, go and join yourself to this chariot. This man most likely was, had an entourage of soldiers and guards with him. He obviously had a driver of the chariot because he wouldn't have been able to drive and read at the same time. <laughs> you know, he, if he has, he has this... Clout with the, the queen, he's got to have the entourage of people with him. You know, he's not just taken off by himself. He's got people to protect him, take care of him. <clears throat> and, and Philip has the boldness to go up to this chariot because the, the Spirit of God is upon him. You know, uh, Acts 4.31 says, And when they pray, had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. See, that's what happens when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. God gives us the boldness to do those things that we wouldn't be able to do in our flesh, that we wouldn't be able to do naturally. God gives us that, that 
outpouring of His Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know Mickey went over that last week about the the epi upon experience, the, the Holy Spirit coming upon you. <clears throat> the epi in the Greek. <clears throat> Philip was obviously filled with the Holy Spirit and had this boldness. Philip was obviously, I mean, I'm sorry. This is what we should be doing when the Lord directs us and tells us to go to speak some, to someone. Don't be shy. Just trust in God. God, give me the, the ability. You know, when you're, when you're in, a, in a situation with somebody, just ask the Lord. Give me the, give me the words to speak. You know, if you're in your word and you're reading your word, God is going to bring those words out that you've, that you've been putting in. Whatever you put in is going to come out. We shouldn't shrug back and be afraid because they might have great authority. You know, maybe it's your boss at work or, or somebody with great authority. You know, we shouldn't shrug back. We shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't let anything intimidate us. Because after all, we have great authority. We've been commissioned by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. <laughs> we are God's representatives. We're ambassadors for Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.20 it says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. See? We are the king's ambassadors. We shouldn't be afraid. We, have, we should have boldness knowing that. The question for us is, are we listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit? Are we looking for those divine appointments each and every day? Like Isaiah 6, 8 says, Isaiah was wor- worshiping the Lord and, he, and he's brought up uh, into heaven to, and he, he hears the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And he said, here I am, Lord, send me. You know, that, sh- that should be our heart. Here I am, Lord, send me. What do you have for me today, Lord? Show me. Show me those people that you want me to reach out to. Next we have number two, the obedient evangelist. Verse 30 says, So Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and and said, Do you understand what you are reading? You know, so, so... Philip here being obedient runs up to him and hears them reading out loud, you know, and this was a common practice back in those days that they would, they would read out loud. Uh, and, and obviously Philip knew what he was reading by hearing them reading out loud. And, and you know, and, and I'm sure God had prepared Philip for that moment. You know, he's like, wow, this okay. You know, <laughs> time to step in. This is no coincidence. Philip hears him reading Isaiah 53. This, and the, the Spirit told him to go up now, go there, and now he was opening up a door for Philip to preach the gospel. He then asked him if he understands what he is reading. You know. Verse 31 says, And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? 
and he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. (laughs) Wow. What a setup by the Holy Spirit. You know, this this is similar to... I mean, we see, you know, like the Philippian jailer in Acts uh, 16.30 asking Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know? Sometimes, as we're out evangelizing on, on Colorado Boulevard, you know, sometimes it's like nothing's happening all night long. Nothing's, gonna, nothing's going on. There's nothing happening. And then all of a sudden, God... It's like almost like God just puts this person in front of you, you know, and, and it's they're ready to hear the gospel message, you know, and you know that God's orchestrating the whole thing. But but all we do, all we need to do is be obedient. All we need to do is open our mouth, share, share with this person that God has put before you, you know. We we can we could be shy. We can not say anything, and then this person goes away. Nothing ever happens, and God's going to bring somebody else. But God wants to use you. He wants to use me. Maybe God has been putting it on your heart to go out and share your faith, and I want to I want to encourage you, and to exhort you to pray the Lord of the Harvest. To send out laborers into the harvest. Because the harvest is white and the laborers are few. And then put your feet to your prayers. In action to your faith and be obedient to be that laborer. Verse 34. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? And, and, you know, the Jews in, those, in that day, and, and even in our present day, had a different interpretation of this passage. Some think that the suffering servant was the nation of Israel itself. Uh, some think that the, the servant was Isaiah writing about himself. And then some, some think the suffering servant was the Messiah, but they found this hard to accept because they didn't want to think of their Messiah's suffering. It just so happened uh, when we were just recently in in, uh, Israel that God brought us to these Christians that were uh, evangelizing. They were helping, actually they were uh, cleaning parks and they were helping helping the uh, Jewish communities over there. And and when they would open up opportunities, they would share the gospel with these uh, uh, Jewish people. And they were over from Hawaii. They were on a mission trip, and we started talking to them. And, uh, you know, they were, we were talking and saying what the Lord's been doing. And, and this, this uh, uh, Israeli woman comes up to us, and she overhears us talking. And she, she hears us. Uh, so she, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my thought 
the lady overheard us discussing the Lord, so she came up and asked questions. But we soon found out that she all she wanted to do was debate us and tell us that w- what we believed wasn't true and that she knew the Word of God in, in its original Hebrew. And she was trying to uh, tell us that what we believed wasn't true. I guess she, she had been an atheist, and then she was a Catholic, and then now she's a Jew, converted to Judaism. <laughs> but uh, so we 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 led, you know, we felt led to uh, share this passage in Isaiah 53, and she says, "No, that you know, it's pretty much like these people are saying, you know, that it's not it's not uh, the Jews. I mean, it's not the suffering Messiah that it's the the Jewish nation." So. By the time we were done with her, you can see, you know, the Lord was giving us these verses to counter her argument. But the leader of the group had to finally let her know that they weren't, we weren't there to argue with her or convert her. But we were there to share, share the love of Jesus with her. And uh, by the time we were done, you can see the countenance had changed. And she was confident, wasn't so confident anymore. And you can see that... Uh, when she went away, that she was kind of pondering, you know, the verses that we had shared with her. You know, and I believe this too was a divine appointment, and it was completely orchestrated. She wasn't saved that night, and I believe that, uh, you know, someone else planted the seeds, and and one day that that is going to sprout into everlasting life. You know, I believe that that God brought us there to to uh, share with her, even though she had her own uh, beliefs and. and but the, that seed was water that somebody else, I'm sure, has already planted. So what, do, what does it say that Philip does next? Verse 35 says, Then Philip opened his mouth and, beginning at the Scripture, preached Jesus to him. Philip knows the Word of God and knows these verses are speaking about Jesus. He sees an open door to tell this eunuch about Jesus. First uh, Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. You know, Philip was ready. We too need to be ready and looking for those opportunities, those open doors to share the gospel. You know, we should have uh, Scripture memorized and have it in our in our spiritual tackle box so to speak you know have have those verses memorized so when we need to use it when we we go fishing you know that we have that in matthew 4 19 jesus called his disciples to follow me and i will make you fishers of men he wants us too to be fishers of men whether we are called to be evangelists or not we are called to evangelize Timothy, speaking to the church in 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they will heap up for themselves. I mean, they. But according to their own desire, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful 
watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. You know, you see here from this verse that we're all to do the work of an evangelist, whether we're called to be one or not. You know, maybe you are called to be one. Maybe you're not. But we're all to evangelize. You know, that's, you know, the, the church is for the equipping of saints to, to do the work of the ministry. You know, and the outflow of that is to go out and share the gospel. The eunuch being a proselyte to Judaism would have known the Ten Commandments, most likely. He would have known that he is guilty of breaking God's law, and he being a eunuch would not have been able to sacrifice at the ten temple to make atonement for his sins. Now Philip comes and gives him the good news that, that Jesus' death on the cross was payment in full for his sins. You know, it talks about Jesus' suffering. The, the passage there was telling all about Jesus. He, he was the one who died and, and paid the penalty. 1 John 2.2 2 says, And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world. John 1.29 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, Jesus is the Lamb of God, that final sacrifice. You know, and this Ethiopian eunuch is now realizing that. Then lastly, we have uh, number three, the converted sinner, verses 36 through 40. Verse 36 says, Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, here, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. And he baptized him. So you can see here that the Holy Spirit is at work in the Ethiopian's heart. He's ready to respond to the gospel. The Ethiopian was believing and wanted to be baptized to show this. He wanted to make a proclamation to show what was happening in his heart. And Philip wants to make sure that this is not just head knowledge, but true belief in, in the heart. James 2.19 says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. See, it's not enough to, to have head knowledge, to believe that Jesus is, is God. But we need to believe with all our heart. There has to be a connection from the head to the heart. There has to be a true conversion. You know, from here to here, it's got to connect. In Mark 1.15, Jesus says, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. See, there has to be repentance in believing the gospel. This, this Ethiopian eunuch already knew his, his condition. Obviously, so he just needed to know the truth. He just know, needed to have the gospel, the good news. Christians sometimes, when they're out sharing the gospel and are, are in a hurry to see when some, someone gets saved. 
And, and they aren't taking the time to make sure that this is a true conversion. You know, the last thing we want to do is, is, is tell someone, you know, pray this prayer, you're going to heaven, you know. And they, and they pray the so-called sinner's prayer. And, and, you know, they're just praying quickly, you know, without any true conversion, any repentance in their heart. You know, that, that's the last thing we want to do is give them that false assurance that they're, they're saved, you know, just by praying a prayer. You know, a lot of times you see people pray a prayer and, and then they, they come to church and, and all of a sudden, boom, what happened to them? They're gone. You know, who knows what happened? Maybe they were saved. Maybe, maybe they're going to come back again. But we want to make sure, you know, we want to take the time to explain the gospel to them, to explain their need for the Savior, you know. And then there's other times when you might see the person's countenance change. You, you know that there's there's their broken spirit and there's a contrite heart. And then that, that, that God's doing that work in their life. And then you, you're able to give them the grace of God. You know, we want to give the, the law to the proud and grace to the humble. You know, that law is going to convict them of their sin. In 1 John 6, uh, 16, 8 through 11, it says, The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. In Galatians three twenty four, it says, Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by, by faith. And then Romans three nineteen through 20 says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You know, the, the law convicts us. It shows us our need. It shows us that, we are, that we're help, helpless without the grace of God. See, that's, once you give them the law, and they know that they're, they're guilty before God, then you can give them the grace of God. Or maybe they are like this Ethiopian eunuch. They, he already knew the Ten Commandments. He knew he was guilty before God. So he, he just needed the grace of God. The Opi, Ethiopian, being, being a proselyte Jew... Like I said, he already knew the God and he was guilty already and he just needed the gospel. And he, would, he, he just got it here from the Holy Spirit revealing it to him by Philip through these verses in Isaiah. Because he says here in verse 37, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You know, him making that confession showed that he truly believed. He is confessing and believing that Jesus Christ is the Messiah or Christ. He is agreeing in his mind and with his heart that Jesus is the sin-bearing servant that Isaiah described in this passage and that he is reading, I mean that he is reading in which Jesus has fulfilled. The lights came on. <laughs> he was blind and now he can see. This guy has just been born again. 
And it wasn't through a sinner's prayer. He believed. He believed that Jesus Christ is Lord. Just like the thief on the cross, he believed that Jesus Christ was Lord. Lord, remember me today when you, when you enter into paradise. You know, he didn't, he didn't get off the cross and go and pray a prayer. doesn't mean that the prayer, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You know, it's the, it's the confessing the mouth, with the mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Yeah, someone can't get saved from a, a, a prayer. I myself got saved through a track left on my windshield at work, you know, and it had the gospel message on it. And I, I, it was right in the, that area of my life. You know, everything was going on in my life. And, and you know, it had a, pray, a prayer in it to pray. And I, I prayed that prayer. And that, you know, but I believe that, I believe what the guy was saying in this tract, this pamphlet, you know, about, about Jesus Christ, that he's Lord and that he died on the cross and he, and he was buried and he rose again on the third day. You know, I believe that. And I got saved in a parking lot without anybody, you know, a faithful servant put his track on my windshield. So if you're shy, use tracks. I've had Christians come up to me and say, Oh, don't use tracks. You know, you should be using your mouth. Yeah, we, we, we throw seeds out, tracks, you know, and then there's, our, there's other ones where we talk to them. First <clears throat> John 4.15 says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. See, this Ethiopian confessed that Jesus is the Son of God. 1 John 5, 5 says, Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So this, this, this gentleman's been born again. Right there in that chariot, God brought him out into the desert. He was coming to, to Jerusalem to worship. Philip's doing all, the, all this... Uh, evangelism, major stuff going on in Jerusalem. Holy Spirit says, go down to the desert. <laughs> God brings this guy down to the desert. Ethiopians coming in his chariot. Boom. <laughs> God had a divine appointment right there. <clears throat> Verse 39 says, Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So when, when they came up out of the water, all of a sudden the Lord catches Philip away. <laughs> You know, and I, I know we've heard a lot about this. We've heard, uh, I know Daryl in his study was, talked about harpazo a little bit, the, the word in the Greek for uh, snatching away, a sudden violent snatching. It's, uh, or caught away. <clears throat> we as a church will also be raptured or harpazoed. 
It says in First Thessalonians four fifteen through 18, it says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will be raised first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. You know, you see this Ethiopian eunuch now. You can see he's founded, his faith is founded on God. He's completely uh, at peace, you know, that Philip was strangely taken away, you know. We don't know exactly how it happened or what, what this guy saw, but now he's going on, he's on his way uh, rejoicing and he's confident. He's completely trusting in the Lord. Then we see Philip in Azotus, or Ashdod, ancient Ashdod, preaching in all the cities on his way to Caesarea, where he ends up staying. Twenty years later, in Acts 21, 8-9, Philip is mentioned again, still in Caesarea. Paul and Luke and others were traveling to Jerusalem, and they stopped at Philip's home in Caesarea, and stayed there with Philip for several days it says uh, Philip had four unmarried uh, daughters who all had the gift of prophecy you know what an influence he must have had on his children you know and he's there he is 20 years later still doing the work you know and and that's the thing for us maybe maybe God is you know, wants to wants to do that work. Maybe you're here tonight, and like like Philip, God might be calling you to be an evangelist. Or maybe you need to do what you need to do is take a step of faith and get out of your comfort zone and be obedient to your calling. And then there are others that might not be called to be evangelist, but God has been putting it on your heart that you need to do, do the work of an evangelist and to fulfill your ministry. And then there might be some here like this Ethiopian eunuch and are at this point in your life. You know, you believe in God, you come to church and you're wanting to know. But you haven't come to this place in your life where have you where you've repented and believed the gospel maybe this is you tonight you know i don't know everyone here i know most of us are all christians but but sometimes we come to church and we're playing church you know maybe god has brought you here tonight and just like this ethiopian eunuch there's a divine appointment you know maybe this is your night where you Maybe, or may you, maybe you've backslidden and you, have you gone away from God? And God, you know, wants to, wants to get you right again. He wants to get, maybe you were serving heavily in ministry and, and, uh, 
You know, maybe you, you've slipped away. Maybe you, you sat down and, and got comfortable. Maybe God's calling you to step up. Whatever it might be. And God brought you here for a divine appointment. Maybe it's your night. This is all between God and you. So we saw from the study tonight was, one, the divine appointment, filled with the Holy Spirit and having ears to hear. Two, the obedient evangelist, a doer of the word. And three, a converted sinner, treasures in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name. and I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here that, that doesn't know you, Lord. We believe that you brought them here tonight to get saved, Lord. I pray if there's anyone who needs to recommit their life to you, Lord. To get up and to... to be about your business once again, Lord. I pray that you would just do that work in their hearts. Father, do that work by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. If there's anyone here that, that needs to get right with God, that wants to be saved, you can surrender your life tonight. Believe that Jesus is Lord. That God raised him from the dead. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus, God the Father sent his only son into this world, born a virgin. Fully God and fully man. Lived a perfect sinless life. Went for that purpose. To die for our sins. Because we've, we've, we've been separated from God, from our sins. If you will call out to, to God tonight, ask Him to save you. Ask Him to give you a new heart. You too can pray. Yeah, it doesn't mean you need to pray a specific prayer. But, but God knows your heart. You can pray, pray, pray a prayer of repentance. Father, forgive me for my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe Jesus is Lord. Come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I love you and I thank you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.